0: I find that the fast of Asar is a highly underrated fast. Besides being the shortest fast of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, um, in England you don't even feel it because you wake up at 6 o'clock, 6.30, have breakfast, and at 4.30 you're already eating dinner. Um, But it is the only fast that we, when it comes out on Friday, we don't push it off. We fast on Friday, and the Gemur says that in theory, if it would have come out on Shabbos, we would even fast on Shabbos. So its it must be an awful lot here uh, that we're not appreciating. So the, um, the Masecha Sofrim, and it's brought in the tour, <coughs> teaches us that three things happened on Asar Beteves. Two of them are explicit. One of them is not. And if you were paying attention to the first Piut then you can uncover the, th- the the third one that was not explicitly mentioned. First one that was mentioned <coughs> is in um, the first one that's mentioned is the t- translating of the Torah into Greek by Talmai HaMelech. Uh, the third one is the siege of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar three years before the destruction, and the middle one, which is mysterious. It's not mentioned in Mesecha Sopher, but apparently it was the death of Ezra HaSofer, Ezra the prophet. So we need to analyze the common denominator of those three things. The Torah translated into Greek was on the 8th of Teves. Ezra HaSofer died on the 9th of Teves. And the siege of, the, of Jerusalem started on the 10th of Teves. And Hazal set up one fast day, the Asar be- Teves, because of all three of those things. So we have to start by understanding what's so terrible about translating the Torah into Greek. We alluded to this a little bit on Hanukkah, but what they wanted to do was make the Torah accessible to the masses. And the Mesecha Sofrim compares it to three days of darkness that was comparable to the Egel Hazahov, the golden calf. So what's the problem? Well, so we have to go into g- Greek ideology. The Ramban gives us a little bit of a window. The Ramban in Achrimos. Higis <laughs> libo lachshof. Shekoma Higia Hu elov b'svaroso. Anything that I can't figure out myself, with my logic, with my intellect, eino <laughs> nachon. It's not correct. This is basically the scientific method. This is basically the Greek wisdom, is that everything is accessible to man and if we can't understand it, then we just keep trying to understand it because everything is accessible and if we don't understand it, then it, pro- then it doesn't exist. So we have to realize that that's of course absolutely at odds with a revealed Torah from the Divine. <laughs> we don't limit ourselves to human understanding, but in fact, Revelation tells us that God provided us with divine transcendent information, if you will. And when we work to understand Torah, we have to study it in that context. It says, also in that Medruch, in the Mesecha Sofrim, "Shelo Ali Hitargem Kol What was the big problem? It couldn't be translated Kol as much as it needed. In other words, a lot would would go missing. So, a Greek understanding of wisdom puts man at the center, puts man's understanding at the center. And for a Jew, when we're studying Torah, we put God at the center. We put the realization that we're dealing here with revealed wisdom And we have to approach it that way. Now when we do that, we come to the Medrash chuma that talks about the difference between Torah Shebichtav and Torah Shebaal Peh. And what Talmite translated was Torah Shebichtav. And that was viewed by the Greeks as another dimension of wisdom that we want to share with the world. Torah, the written Torah has a lot of wisdom in it. But they denied the reality of Torsha Peh. And the Medristanchuma gives an answer to one of the famous questions about Harkigigis. God held a mountain over our heads and said if we don't accept the Torah, we'll be buried with Na We said Na why does God have to hold a mountain overhead? So the Maral gives his answer. The Medrash Tanchuma says one was for Torsha Biktav. Naseh v'nishma, that's easy. The written Torah? Even Talmai wanted to know what's in it. But Torah Shabal that's very difficult. And says the Medrash Tanchuma, it requires tremendous work, tremendous struggle, and only somebody who really loves God, who really loves God, is ready to put in that struggle. It talks about Ha'am Holchim ro'u or Or'Godol a nation going in darkness will see illumination. And there's a big finish here when we talk about going in darkness and accessing illumination. What we would usually think is, okay, we're in the darkness and we bring in a little light and we've illuminated the darkness. But Ramon Shapiro says that's not correct. When we want to, when, we, when we're in darkness, we want to remove the darkness. We want to turn the darkness into illumination. Not that we're going to exist in the darkness with some illumination, but we're going to dispel the darkness. The Medrash the, uh, also quotes the Gomorrah that the, the, the conversation, why do shepherds always have goats leading the sheep? And goats are usually black and the sheep are usually white. And the answer is, that's the way God created the world. First there's darkness, then there's light. Right? So it says in the Medrash Tanhumah basically, that you've got to be troubled by not understanding before you can understand. You have to realize you, can't, you may not understand it. And you've got to work very hard. So all of you guys, when you sit down and learn a Gomorrah and it doesn't make any sense to you, you're on the right track. Okay, that's where that's where that's the starting point. If we want to really see the contrast, and again, Assar Beteves is a fast against Greek ideology. It's uh, which was trying, and here's the common denominator. We go back to the original. In chronological order, the first thing that happened was the siege of Jerusalem. All right? uh, Ezra dying was later and the Torah translated into Greek was even later. What was the tr- siege of Jerusalem? And it's a strange thing to fast for the siege of Jerusalem when three years later the temple was destroyed. So why are we still fasting for the siege? And the language is if we limit our understanding to human understanding, so what we've done is we've created a, midat, a mitat zdom. You guys know what a zdom a, a bed is? In zdom they had a bed. It was a fixed length. And anybody who couldn't fit into the bed, well, either they were too tall, so we chopped off his legs, or he was too short, in which case we stretched him out. You force something into a preconceived place. When you think about human understanding, that's really what you're doing. You're forcing reality, hidden reality, to conform to your bed. So we have to acknowledge that we're engaging in divine wisdom. And translating the Torah into Greek says, we're just going to engage it from our perspective. Putting Torah into a sdom box is what it means when it says it can't be translated kol sarka. To properly understand the Torah, you have to struggle, you have to work, and there's another aspect. Midos. Character traits. See, and if, you're, if it's all human understanding and what we need to understand, so our character traits are irrelevant. All it is is our brain. All it is is our intellect. But because Torah is divine wisdom, we need to also fashion ourselves into people who on some level reflect godliness. And this again is something that the Greeks completely, completely denied. Let's read a few lines from the philosophy of Epicurus. If you want to know where the word apicorus comes from, which is called a heretic, it's built on the philosophy of Epicurus. All objects and events, including human lives, are reality nothing more than physical interactions among minute indestructible particles. Sounds very scientific. Everything happens by chance. And pleasure and pain are the measures of what is good and bad. So if you're having pleasure, it's good. If you're having pain, it's bad. Wow, that's certainly not how we look at things. Nothing should be believed except that which was tested through direct observation and logical deduction. Again, what that does is it eliminates completely the idea of a hidden transcendent dimension that pulls us back to Hanukkah. But it also eliminates the idea of divine revelation informing us of anything. And just read a little more. All good and bad derive from the sensations of pleasure and pain. What is good is what is pleasurable. What is bad is what is painful. If pain, listen to this one. If pain is chosen over pleasure, in some cases, it's only because it leads to greater pleasure. Moral reasoning is a matter of calculating benefit and cost in terms of pleasure and pain. So there could be nothing more at odds with our philosophy of life, our philosophy of wisdom, our philosophy of our daily activities. So this is this is translating the Torah into Greek. Bringing it down to a level of human understanding. What does this have to do with the golden calf? So here it's, again, connected to Avodazora. And there's a very interesting um, Ma'amar Chazal that cre- connects Avodah Zorah to smelling the flowers and ignoring the fruit. Anybody who's been in Washington, D.C. during cherry blossom season? Gorgeous. Unbelievable. You just want to grab all those blossoms and enjoy the blossoms. And of course, if you do that, there's no cherries. So what what the Chazal are telling us is that a person can look at the surface, at the superficial, at the immediate, at the cherry blossoms that are beautiful and smell great, and miss the whole point of the cherry blossoms. Avodah Zara is looking at the surface and missing the point. So when the Jewish people... Lost Moshe Rabbeinu and they built the golden calf. It wasn't real Avodah Zorah, all the Meforshim say. But what it was is it was a downgrade, it was a limitation of our relationship with God. Till then, our relationship with God was without any tangible interface, and they needed some tangible interface. So they brought it down, they lowered the connection. The quality was lowered. And this is the underlying. Common denominator of the three things. When you translate Torah into Greek, so what you have done is you have undermined the reality. You are misleading. You're looking at the flower, you're smelling the flower, and you're missing the fruit. As long as the Torah only has what you understand. When Ezra died, that was the end of prophecy. What goes wrong when there's no prophecy? We're on our own. When there's prophecy... We turn to the prophet to find out what God wants. What happens when there's no prophecy? Our connection with God has been downgraded. Well, what's the solution? That's exactly when Chazal began to have the real incise of Torah Pet. You'll see Ben Yoezer, you'll see Ben Yochanan Yeshur The first machlokas recorded in Pirkeovus was right around that time. And now we need Chazal, we need Torah scholars to unlock for us what God wants from us from the Torah. All of a sudden, character traits become paramount. Because if all they're thinking about is themselves, and how they understand it from their perspective, with no givens as we mentioned on Hanukkah, no preconceptions, whatever I understand, that's it. So then there's no way they can properly understand the Torah. So we have a requirement of idealistic uh, spiritual people who are not entrenched in the physical world to to study the Torah with difficulty and realizing that it's a struggle and what the Medrash on says, only people who really love God are going to undergo that struggle. You guys are sitting here struggling. I I hope you're realizing that your real motivation is because by doing this, I'm going to get closer to God, I'm going to know God and it's my way of enhancing my love of God. So the the death of Ezra led to a limitation. It was a siege. It was limiting the capacity. When Jerusalem was open, it has it. sent its influence throughout the world. The minute Nuvukhadnetzer sieges Jerusalem, that influence is cut off. We have now limited the ability of Jerusalem, of the Beis Hamikdash, to have influence on the world. The common, one of the common denominators then would be the idea that we are limiting, we are downgrading influence. Torah translated into Greek downgrades its influence. When there's no prophecy, we have downgraded our relationship with God and Nebuchadnezzar downgraded the ability of the Beis Hamikdash to influence the world. It's not coincidental, again, um, if you live in the southern hemisphere, this fast is the longest fast, but as my represent always says, having grown up um, in a city where sukkahs was a gamble, we'll be able to sit in the sukkah tonight, won't be able to sit in the sukkah tonight because of rain and snow and cold, the Torah was given for Eretz Israel. So we're going to ignore what happens in the southern hemisphere on Asarba and look at what happens in the northern hemisphere, in Eretz Yisrael. It's, the, it's the, among the shortest days. It's mostly darkness. But one of the things we have to realize when we are marking Asarba and trying to understand Asar B'teves is that the darkest time is before the dawn. And we're in darkness... But it's our job to dispel the darkness. And we do this by recognizing the reality of Torah. By realizing that not everything that's on the surface is reality. There's a lot of hidden reality. And the Torah does not have to conform to my human wisdom. The Torah does not have to conform To my human wisdom. This idea of the Greeks. That the only reality is what I understand. The only reality what I sense. And here's the modern kicker. Only reality is what I feel. My feelings create reality. Whoa. No, your feelings don't create reality. Okay? The very... Nice one liner from Ben Shapiro. Facts don't care about your feelings. Okay, but no, but it's just a natural extension of the fact that the only thing that exists is what I see, what I perceive, what I feel. That defines reality. It, 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 it sounds a little crazy, but it's just the natural extension of the Greek ideology. Ramayisha Shapira says, We have to work to conquer the darkness, not just to illuminate the darkness. Conquering the darkness means we leave the darkness behind. We get that clarity from working hard, from having a relationship with God, so we work hard to connect and dispel that darkness. Once prophecy is gone, it opens the door for us to fantasize. As long as the prophet is there putting you in your place, you can't argue with a prophet. That's why God had to also put a lot of, a, a real avodas are false prophets because there always has to be a conflict. But once prophecy is gone, so w- once prophecy is gone, so then you could, it, it opens the door to be able to say whatever you want. Because here's the famous line, who said your truth is correct? I mean, we've noticed the deterioration from who said your truth is correct to who said there's truth. Okay, so all of this is built on the antithesis of a Torah perspective. And the common denominator here is what we would call bimatzor u bimatzok. We are under siege. You know what? Reality is under siege. Because if reality is defined by what man thinks, well, we get the kind of society we're looking at now, and um, it's, it, it's leading to pretty bad places. Mm. Today's Moshche Shapiro your site he was with Anasar and the the point was not lost on us that we it was taken something of greatness was taken away from us just Rabbi Hirschfeld and I were had had the privilege of being pretty close to Rabbi Moshe, and we saw somebody devoted to clarifying the Torah for our generation that divrei hazal are not slogans They're not hyperbole, they're not drama, but they are reality. And this is one of the places where our default position comes from. If you could figure it out yourself, you don't need the Torah. The Torah has to always be telling you something that you can't figure out for yourself. I always say, there's no pasuk in the Torah, there's no mishnah to tell you 2 plus 2 equals 4. You've got to know that there's kiddushim here, that there's things that are transcendent and that you can only know them through revelation, but the revelation requires a huge investment. The medrush tan chuma, holchim bechoshech, but rohin or Godol. You've got to be ready to go into the confusing darkness in order to dispel that darkness, in order to get clarity. And the goal is to have clarity, to know reality. But reality is revealed reality, and that comes from our, st- our, our confrontation with Torah. So when Nebuchadnezzar sieged Jerusalem, he limited the influence of Jerusalem to the world. When Ezra passed away, the prophecy which was influencing the Jewish people went away. And when Talmai translated the Torah into Greek, the idea that we're dealing here with transcendent wisdom instead of human wisdom was taking root And that's what we're fasting about and that's what we have to work to overcome in in clarifying for us Torah values Torah truth instead of Greek reality and Greek truth.